Hello, everybody. Welcome to Junk Miles with Chip and Jeff. I am the Jeff part. Chip, you happen to be the Chip part tonight. For now. For now. For now. I don't know spoilers for the end of the program, though. Yeah. Speaking of spoilers, mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil what may or may not happen this coming November. Mm-hmm. But would you like to shed some light on what may or may not be happening? Oh, are you this, talking about this November? Oh, yes. Goodness me. I have to post for, that for a, soon. for a third year in a row. That's right, ladies and gents. We am, have... I say, am I saying too much, Jeff? Am I saying? Oh, too no. Much? We're going to actually post this on our website tomorrow on the Facebook page. Basically, guys, people have been asking about the Fraud Street Run. Fraud Street Run, of course, two years running. We raised a ton of money. I don't know, like you great people, over $71,000 we've raised as a group of people who run and do good things. We're going to do something different this year. Fraud Street 2022, it's very simple, people. All you do is donate whatever you can to your favorite charity. When we started this back in the day, it was 11 bucks donated to Phil Abundance. Here's what you do. Donate to your favorite charity. Go to our website, junkmileshow.com or, fraud, or fraudstreetrun.com. You download a bib, and then on November 6th, no, yeah, November 6th. The Ides of November. The Ides of November, as Chip likes to call it. Jog, walk, bike, do whatever distance you like. 11 miles, 5.5 miles, 1.1 mile. Go you around go, the block. Walk around. Walk, go around the block. Walk do it up wherever to your driveway you and back. That's it. Right. Bring a rake with you. Do some good. Rake some leaves off your neighbor's lawn. Make so yourself useful. Yeah, do it. Do whatever amount of miles you can, wherever you're comfortable, and then you just donate money, and then you just go online and just do the hashtag Fraud Street Run. Say I ran today, or I walked, or I biked. Go to our website. You could buy a shirt. There's new Fraud Street Run T-shirts 2022, and we're gonna keep it nice and simple. And if you want, go to our website. We have a nice little form. You can let us know you're running, where you're running, all the details, and we'll compile a little list and we'll make something fun of it. And of course, on our website, we have a download downloadable race bib yes. customizable you can make your own number and name or we just have one that says 215 in honor of the philly area code so uh anyone interested in running joining us chip i will be running in new york that day but i will be wearing some fraud street swag to to represent so uh oh that's know- great i'm so excited i'm gonna be with you in spirit in new york mm-hmm. city that day i'll be running down here uh this is it- gonna be the first year where i Hopefully, I mean, knock on wood, I'll be healthy enough. The, the I was, I was unable to run la- th- two years ago, and then last year I was, uh, I had a little issue, and I, uh, I decided just to do some more of uh, camera work, uh, document yeah. it. But uh, this year I want to, I want to run, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna run it this year. I'm very excited. It'll be fun. Make sure yeah, get some. Get you can even people get little groups together. You know what I mean? Maybe mm-hmm. uh, Chip, you uh, contact our running coach, of course, Doctor Gerard Pescatori. Yeah, our, our running coach and personal physician, Doctor Gerard Pescatori. True. And uh, maybe executive producer Kim Chantry could join you, mm-hmm. Chip. Who knows? Absolutely. Maybe get a uh, young, uh, young Franklin out there in a little I think running Franklin harness. Might be making appearances here. Yeah, he might. He likes to run. We took him. Did I tell you we took him to the beach this year? Not supposed to. A little illegal. Oh my goodness! It was still during the, during the summer, but we took him first thing in the morning before the sun came up, and then in the evening. And we, uh, Franklin, if we, if we can do some pet talk right now, he yeah. ran like. I don't like to curse on this podcast. We were just talking about how we keep it clean. He ran like the Dickens. Oh my God. Yeah. And he loved it. I mean, just thought it was the greatest thing. Although I will say after a while, he, I don't know if you know that in ocean city, New Jersey, 
sometimes there are uh, foxes, foxes that live in the dunes. Mm -hmm. And he became a lot more aware of the fox than the beautiful sunrise and the wonderful waves. He was much more alert and he wanted to go into the dunes and find the foxes. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's what he was bred for, Chip. Yes, it 100% is. He's not he's a, a he's a uh, fox battling hound. Yeah, he's he's not a he's not a wave terrier, he's a fox terrier. He's Chip, actually not a fox terrier, but he could be. When we got our our two uh mutts uh Star and Shelby, we're like, you know, we know a lot about him, but we did know is they didn't go outside a lot. They were in like a hoarding situation for the first 5 years. So, outside was brand new to them. Mm-hmm. So, in like October, we took them down to the beach and we we're like, you know what? Let's just let them off the leash a little bit, see, see if happens. they come back. We let Star off the dopey sweet one, and she kind of runs about eight feet. And I say, Star, and she stops. We let Shelby off. She runs down the beach, and we're like, wow, she's really fast. I don't know if, oh, my God, she took a left. She literally ran two beaches down, took a left onto the boardwalk, straight across Ocean Ave, did not even look either way. No. I'm like, I'm like, well, she's going to die, and this is going to be the worst day of my life because yes. our new dog, who my kids already love, mm-hmm. is going to get hit. And then she ran about two blocks up. It was the fastest I've ever run in my life, Chip, ever. Oh Any race, I was like out of my mind, out of my body experience, like mm-hmm. I have to save this dog. Sure. Luckily, a person was walking their dog. So Shelby just stopped and like, oh, hey, dog. Wanted to meet the other dog. Just and chit-chat. I li- and this poor guy, I literally dove and grabbed her. He goes, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, my dog's on the beach, just escaped, thought she was dead. And then I could <laughs> see my kids in the distance crying, and one has star. Kelly's like holding the leash, She's like, maybe maybe we won't do that again. Yeah, maybe leashes are for the best on the beach. And uh, the, the dogs have never been off the leash on the beach since then. Yeah, lesson learned, though. Lesson it's fun. Learned. It's yeah. fun having dogs and little, little heart aches they bring mm-hmm. you. Chip, I have to address something. Oh my God, I forgot. You know, Chip and I are always looking to expand our brand in the smartest way possible. We're always doing a lot of research, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. We don't want to cheapen the brand. But I have SEO. SEO is what you're saying. SEO. That stands for something. It stands for something. It's search engine optimization, Chip, I believe. Your your words, not mine. Yep. There you go. Um, But I have to, this is getting out there. So I want to get on top of it. It is true. Chip and I put together a venture, our first show as shirtless, muscle-free, middle-aged, male exotic dance squad. Mm-hmm. The Chip and Jeffs was yep. indeed shut down halfway through the show. In addition to all the booing by mm-hmm. the uh, the ladies, we were issued a cease and desist by the Chippendales. Mm-hmm. So I'm really sad to say, Chip, we put a lot of effort and time. The Chip and Jeffs are no longer, no longer yep. an entity in entertainment. No, it's... You know, I think it's for the best, if if you will. Uh, I'm busy, you're busy, and it just seemed uh, it was. If if I can use two, a two a two word phrase, wildly unpopular. <laughs> the review is a it was a short uh, review. It was shit sandwich. Yes, yeah. Um, I still I'm still keeping the bow tie. Well, mine was actually tattooed on, so I. Oh my! I, yeah, I. I Let's just say I was being a little too hopeful. So yeah. we, we might have to get some laser removal for Christmas this year. So now the hard thing is who who's going to buy chipandjeffs.com? I mean, I spent a lot of money on the domain name. and We did. The, and the, the it, site is very robust. Yeah, it's great. I used Flash technology from 2008. It really is. It's, yeah, it works on one browser. 
mm-hmm. which you know maybe that's good because I don't think anybody uses that. I don't. I don't think anybody uses Firefox anymore. Yeah, I think they might. Yeah. You know who would love to use Firefox? Your little guy Franklin love to chase around that browser, Loves wouldn't he? Foxen love Foxen. Chip, I'm very excited tonight. We are going to have one of the funniest and nicest gentlemen on the planet easily. Yes. You're not going to find anyone who doesn't enjoy his comedy. Here, here is before you get into this introduction, Jeff. Yep. I, I like to consider myself a nice guy. I try to be a nice person. You're one of the sure. nicest people I know, Jeff. Yeah, For the, the listeners at home, Jeff and I are jerks Ugh. compared to this guy. We are just jerks with a capital G. Mm-hmm. Jerks. Uh, compared to this gentleman. Yeah, bad guys. And I'm very excited to have him on the show. If tonight. you put the three of us in a lineup, you'd be like two bad guys and a really good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're going to talk about... I'm very excited, Chip, because I have never seen this movie before. Nor had I. Oh, my God. He's ready to admit. So this is perfect timing. Ladies and gentlemen, this is like our favorite part of the show where the guest is being admitted, and then hopefully we will see audio no hear audio and see visual oh my goodness we have a video oh my god i think we have audio do we have audio oh we have audio we've done it again we've done it again this is amazing three-dimensional my friend two two (laughs) senses uh sight (laughs) and sound Mm -hmm. uh speaking of sight and sound jeff Yes. Would you like to sound off and introduce our, our yeah, esteemed let's, guest? Let's get to get no BS. And ladies and gentlemen, we are pleased as punch to welcome comedian, writer, and star of the hilarious new comedy special, Josh Gondelman, people pleaser. Guys, it's Josh Gondelman. Hey, welcome. Josh, Josh thank you. Me. Josh, Josh, was there any, I just want to jump right in. He said that you were the star of the special, Josh Gondelman, people pleaser. Was there any talk of having someone else star in it? I I know I was not the first choice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they went um, Jesse Eisenberg. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. They went Jason Statham, which is an which is an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. I heard Dabney Coleman was in the uh, was in the running. Olivia Coleman is that what you said? Yes. Yes. D- yes. Dabney Coleman. <laughs> Dabney Coleman. Oh. Dabney Coleman. All the Colemans. All the Colemans. They went Gary. Yes. Sharp. Gary Coleman. Yeah. Gary. Yes. It's uh, rest in peace. Rest yes. Yeah. I mean, that's that's why it ended up with with me. Yeah. Because, yeah. because they, they, were, they, they wanted were otherwise. to put Gary Coleman to star in my comedy special. But he do you guys like several do both ago. of you guys like being either like, you know, in the entertainment, being comedians? Like, do you have like who is my peers in looks and acts and everything like that? Because, Josh, you were ready. You were ready. Just like Jesse Eisenberg. Like if I went ship. <laughs> Chip, who is your like? Who are you battling to get this role? We, I, I'm not saying talent-wise, but no. I'm sure Josh, you were the same. I've never had to think of one because, <laughs> as comedians, we are told, I think on a regular oh, yeah, basis, all the time. You know who you look like? Somebody that's you're not going to be happy with. Mm-hmm. It's. I always get. I get a couple. I used to get when I was younger before the beard. I used to get Cameron Fry, who is oh. Alan Ruck, I believe, from mm-hmm. yeah. First Peeler. Yes. I used to get Wayne, the older brother from the Wonder Years. Oh, wow. sure. Nowadays, now that I'm an older man, I get Will Ferrell a lot. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got Will Ferrell be- before the beard. I would get Will, got Will Ferrell. Okay. 
when I had a couple more LBs on me, I used to get James Murphy from LCD Sound System, sure. which is a cool, that's a cool one. Well, I have a similar one oh, where I get Craig Finn from the Hold Steady. Oh, which nice. is, so we have, we have real indie Some of our favorite bands. That is a, it's, it, and like, I think both a compliment and a, a slam to us just a little bit. Like, hey, two of the coolest guys in the world. Two of the coolest mm. guys. Yes. Not exactly Donis's, I'm but saying. But you also, I mean, you, I know what I look like, but you mm -hmm. always want it to be mm -hmm. the hottest person. Like, I know this isn't possible, but like, I know there, there's a few that I get regularly, but it's, I want it to be, hey, you know who you look like? Just for once, I want to be like Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know, like, it's not possible, mm -hmm. but it's like, I get uh, Craig Finn, David Wayne, the no. late artist Keith Haring. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. Mm -hmm. All good. Yeah, yeah. All, all good. Cool. Yeah, all good. Cool artists. There, there is one that I do get sometimes, and I wish I knew the. Is it? Are there two brothers? They are actually very good looking, and because it's always a side eye when I get it. It's is there a guy named Liam? Like, and he's a does he have a brother? Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Is, <laughs> is, did one of them play Thor? Is that Chris. I? I literally get that sometimes, but it's always like you know you look like. It's Liam Hemsworth, whoever is it, Chris Hemsworth, the other one. You get you look like that guy, but not really. Like it's just I'm, that's that's a hurtful way to say uh, it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like you look like him, but you like it's give him the whole give the whole yeah, just compliment, give me the whole compliment. But because I, I, I also the I feel like you always want to get the upgrade. You always want to be like, oh, you yeah. look like a more handsome version of this person, rather than like you look like kind of a busted this yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you should always start it with you look like a more handsome yeah or, like always start with that yeah then who whatever it is you're like oh well, right i heard, even I heard the word like, handsome even yes. if it's like oscar the grouch like, <laughs> you're like a better looking snuffle up against well, like, whatever. Kind of good, you're a good snuffy yeah, yeah good like snuffy. a hot like a hot snuff hot, hot snuff yeah, yeah. well uh, I'm, I'm, I'm and jeff you yeah. obviously i know there's one person in particular that you at least used to get, and I think still do. Is there anybody else? And share with Josh if he can't. Yeah, I usually get like someone's older Irish grandmother because you know that's <laughs> when you're when you're an Irish guy like myself, you literally just turn into like an older woman, like feature wise, and I'm okay with that. Like I don't like like you know I get a lot of like on the street like excuse me, Mima, and I'll be like. Mm -hmm. Yes, and you just kind of go with it. It's fine. Yeah. But some people say like you look like a more handsome version of my grandma. Sure, <laughs> you look like Colleen, but better. Yeah. When I was young, I I did. I had kind of a mullet, and I I look like Sean Penn and mm. Josh. When I first went to college in Philadelphia, I I look like I came from a small beach town. So I had like a mullet almost and, you know, in surf clothes and I walk into the, and I didn't know really anybody. I walk into the cafeteria, the woman behind the counter just looks at me and goes, well, looky here, we got celebrity Sean Penn coming for some food in the cafeteria. And I'm like, oh shit. And she just starts yelling to everybody. Let's get Sean Penn. What do you want Sean Penn? And I'm like, oh God, no, no. That's so funny. I didn't like, you know, I, I kind of liked the attention, but literally yeah. everyone just turned around and, uh, you know. And that's so unexpected to just yeah. have like the, the cafeteria worker just like put you fully on blast in front of everybody. And then I did like, the 12 um, Spicoli quotes that I knew. Yep. Sure. I guess. Sure. Killed. Yeah. It was type five, 12 quotes. Mm -hmm. 
you're in, you're out. People are just putting me like, you know, marching me around a cafeteria on, mm -hmm. their, uh, on their shoulder. It was really nice. And then that summer, he took a camera crew to Ecuador, which I thought was very <laughs> yes. interesting. That was fun. I had a rowboat and I went to where the hurricane was and I did absolutely no good. Yep. Just rode around. Hey, but you were there. And I was there. That was important. I brought two photographers and that's mm -hmm. all that matters. Josh, I, we have to tell people, God damn it, I forgot. You can get Josh Gondelman, People Pleaser, pretty much on every streaming platform. Yeah, it's streaming all over the place. You can rent it on YouTube and Apple TV and Vimeo World. Vimeo is worldwide for sure right now. And yeah. then if YouTube, you're a Prime, TV. Yep. And if you're a Prime member, it is now free on Prime. I feel bad because I am a, I don't mean to brag, guys, but I am a Prime, Prime member. Okay, someone's doing well. Yeah. Wow. And you interview, uh, you interview El Chapo one time and then get too big <laughs> for your bridges. We're pretty tight. Uh, I watched <laughs> I, I watched it on Prime, Josh. It was awesome. I'm not going to ruin you. it. I'm not going to ruin anything for anyone. But your description of Jason Momoa killed oh, me. Oh, thank you. Just kill. That's all I'm going to say. Because I you. want people to go on any streaming platform they can. Type in those words. Josh Gondam and People Pleaser. Chip, they will be pleased, yes or no? 100% they will be pleased. Thank you. Guys, I know we're all here to talk about the movie that Josh picked, and we're going to get to that because this is a great one. This might be one of the most beloved movies ever of all time, any category. Correct, Josh? It feels like everyone, every guy my age grew up with a fondness for this movie. It was like one that you just saw – and you were like, yep, this is just part of it now. You know what I mean? Like, this is part of the fabric of culture and growing up. And I wonder, I, it, I was reading about it on Wikipedia because I wanted to see, like, what the reception was. Because when I was eight, my, my reaction to it was like, this is the best movie I've ever seen, for sure. Um, and it was, like, critically mixed. But it was described as having, like, a cult status. Which, like, I don't, I don't know. I guess that's it. But to me, it's just, like a slice of people that saw it like in theaters and on VHS when it came out on VHS were like, yep, this is part of my childhood. Just like in the bank. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, we're talking about the movie, the Sandlot guys it was released in some countries with the title, the Sandlot kids, mm -hmm. 1993, an American coming of age sports comedy film, co-written, directed and narrated by David Mickey Evans. That's quite a name. Good name. Would you go? With the, would you go with the middle name, the cutesy middle name, Mickey, if that was your middle name, or would you just go with David Evans? What are we talking about, guys? Only if I was so fine, I would be blowing minds. <laughs> Otherwise, I leave it alone. I liked it for a second there. I'm like, man, Josh is young, and then he brings the Tony Basil ref. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. not that young, not that young, not, not that young. Guys, it tells the story of a group of young baseball players during the summer of 1962. Stars a bunch of kids, Karen Allen, Dennis Leary, James Earl Jones. The movie's set in the San Fernando Valley, Los Angeles. It grossed $34 million worldwide, and it has since, as you said, Josh, become a cult film. The film has made around $76 million in VHS and DVD sales alone. Not too See, shabby. That's, that is the sweet spot right there. And I wonder if movies are going to be like that anymore, because I feel like there was maybe – I don't know, a 20 year window of early 80s to early aughts, early mid aughts, where the, as we like to call it, the video store years, where mm -hmm. people could go and it's like, and rent that movie. I, I can just think of so many movies that I 
no, would have never seen in the theater, but rented totally. so many times. It became, became a part of what we watched. Obviously, things are available streaming, but I, I feel like things are so much more ephemeral now where it's like, okay, this movie is hot for a little while and then it just goes to the dark recesses of streaming where it's not sitting with the maybe 800 other films in the video store or whatever. Yeah, or goes off streaming before there's a chance to find it, right? Mm -hmm. So then, then there's just like you really have to seek it out because it's not getting served to you algorithmically. Maybe you can like rent it from some streamer, you know, but like, I agree with you. I think like having it put in front of you as part of a limited selection was like, I can think of so many movies that I found just being like, Ooh, a new release. Yep. Absolutely. Do you remember how many times in the video store you physically saw the Sandlot box in front of you? Like I, that's all I remember. Like just going, let's go to the comedy section and literally like, yep. I can picture very clearly. I think I first rented it. We were on vacation visiting my mom's parents in Florida in Delray Beach. And I think we rented it as like, well, we got to do something at 7 p.m. after we've eaten dinner and like nobody's ready for bed yet. And so we rented that and, and I loved it. We watched I was like sitting on a pullout sofa that was a bed that my parents oh. were sleeping in. And and we watched it and I was like, yep, this is the good life. Yeah, that's there's, question. there's we, nothing better than sitting on a pullout bed or just a, yes. a situation where whether it's a sleepover or whatever it is where you're ready for bed. It's not, you're not in bed. Yeah. But maybe it's sleeping bags on the floor. Oh. Yep. A pullout bed where you yep. there there was a situation where when I was younger we we didn't have air, central air in our house, but we had a window unit in my parents' bedroom so we would mm -hmm. sleep in my parents my brother and I would bring our sleeping bags into our parents and we would watch a movie together and that yeah. was like a big it was it there was a, it, there was excitement to it it's very cozy even yeah. when the the same setup pull out couch with all those like it, it's like you turned a jail sideways and are sleeping on top of the bars <laughs> and yes. uh and so it's miserable for sleeping on but like a very cozy setup for like ooh we're watching a movie or we're like we're playing a board game or something it's really cute. right yeah, we always ask our guests, Josh, like set the scene. Where were you? So you saw that was the first you didn't see in the theater. It was no. this kind of on vacay grandparents yep. house. You do you have siblings? I have, one, I have a younger sister, so yeah. she might have been a little too young then. Right. But we will there are quotes from this that must have lived. I mean, like 30 years at this point, that almost 30 years at this point that we're still, we'll still say back and forth. So I imagine she's seen it other times as well. But that's when I first remember seeing it. We're in this, it's a one bedroom condo in Delray <laughs> Beach. So my parents would sleep in a, on a pullout couch in the living room. And my sister and I would sleep on like cots or like a pullout couch oh, and cots. a cot in the like, screened uh, the the windowed in porch in the front oh, so and so it was just people sleeping everywhere that and that was like the vacations we'd go on when i was little because we that's how we'd see my grandparents in the winter and uh yeah and so it was you know we'd rent movies i think we saw a hook that way around the same time with the robin williams peter pan vehicle mm -hmm. and then um and the sandlot was another one that that i remember very well from the, that trip were or, you a baseball fan trip. at that i age? am a baseball fan okay. i was yeah 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 so it, did you, you play the sport? I, I played until like the last year of Little League and I never like jumped into like real competitive baseball. But like I played, um, I would, I, I'm a big like radio sports listener still. 
And so I used to listen to, I mean, I would go outside with the radio and like listen to Red Sox games. I grew up in the Boston suburbs and, uh, and I still, I get, I have NBA league pass and listen to the Celtics, like on, listen to their radio announcers who I love. And they're the people I grew up with. So I have like that great affection for like that kind of like the way the movie is narrated is very like baseball radio. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's yeah, it really hits a sweet spot, and it's like nostalgia upon nostalgia because I'm nostalgic for this movie that is itself like kind of a <laughs> nostalgic, backward-looking yeah. nostalgic period piece. Yeah. The um... one of my favorite movies was Stand by Me, which mm-hmm. very similar narrated. Then you get into the Wonder Years. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it kind of has that that progression, and it's the same exact thing. It, it reminds me of being a kid seeing that movie and then going back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the two layers. Uh, a tweet that I love recently, uh, I don't even know who said it, but it was just when the queen died and they're like, British people are queuing up. They're like, want to see a dead body? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it must have been said a thousand, but the first time I saw it, I'm like, it's God so damn. funny. God damn. Such a good quote. There's a That's there's a Pusha T oh. song where he says it too. Like, <laughs> oh, he yeah. kind of like snarls it. It's really, it's like, oh man, what a, what a great, like unless you like it's so evocative of stand by me but it's such a simple line yeah. you know what yeah. i mean like it's not uh it's not like a an intricate reference it's just like nope. five words and you're like yep that's words from perfect. yeah that's true there a list of like it's like not the most well-known quote but five words that you hear and you're just like oh yeah yeah i know it's from right uh, years ago, I, over a decade ago, I there was a snowstorm in Philadelphia, blizzard, you know, like a foot of snow, and Pat, comedians Pat House and Mike Rainey were, happened to be performing in the city, so they crashed at my apartment in the city because they couldn't so get So sorry out to town. hear that. I know. It was, it was a rough weekend. <laughs> we go to Rittenhouse Park, and everybody's out building snowmen, having snowball fights. Somebody put up a, a volleyball court, and they're playing volleyball in the snow, and it's like, it's a winter wonderland, Josh. If Josh, can you picture a winter wonderland in your mind? I'm picturing right now? it right now in my mind's eye. That's what it is. Action News was out there. Channel Six Action News was doing a man on the street thing. You know, what do you think about all this snow? Yeah, you yeah, kid. <laughs> and I believe it was Amy Buckman was she was the reporter, I believe. And Mike was like, "Hey, watch this." He's like, "Come here." He waits till between takes, and they're just taking a break, looking for like the next person to interview. And he just taps her on the shoulder and says, "Hey." want to see a dead body <laughs> and it was it was a cro- the look on her face was a cross between horror and just excitement because it's like we have a breaking news yeah yeah and then yeah. it was like no i'm sorry i'm just kidding i'm just kidding and she laughs and he walked away but Chip, i had no it, idea what he was gonna say and uh, that's, that's so what he did funny. it might be a good time to plug michael rainey's new book which is coming out soon called yes. on perks on perks josh michael literally was on perks percocets for four years of his life painkillers addicted to him he's over it now yeah and he's in a good the whole book are all of the facebook posts and tweets that he tweeted while on perks oh my gosh and it is both astoundingly funny sad scary yeah and he's yeah, he's literally just like he lets it all out there he's like yeah, wow. this is it i'm so excited because i remember I following this. him back then and being like Oh, things seem to be going really well for Michael or, oh my God. And it would be like eight tweet, eight posts a day mm-hmm. of just like, you know, completely. Wow. So the book, 
I got to read it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just called on perks. If that doesn't get you interested. Yeah. Right. All right. Enough plug in rainy. This isn't about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get him out of here. Get Not at all. Here. Guys. Um, yeah. So this movie did pretty well. 34 million, like we said. Um, but yeah, it became a cult movie. I want to start off guys. Who's your favorite Sandlot kid? Who's the Ooh. guy who Josh, who did you, when you young Josh, you have a mitt in your hand, throwing a yep. ball, you're watching it. You're like, I really see myself as, I mean, I kind of felt like a smalls smalls. Um, yeah. I feel like not a great athlete, not a bad hang. Yep. Uh, <laughs> tries hard. Um, but I, I would say I've, I always enjoyed, um, the great Hambino. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm going to say the great Hambino in actor wise, like who were the best yeah. actors? I would say Patrick Rena, of course, Hamilton, Ham Porter, and Mike Vitar, Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez. Yeah. He was a really good, he was a classic kid actor. Like the way he emoted, yep. he just showed like show concern, show empathy. Yep. Like he knew how to do that. They really, I thought the, the kid actors were like pretty strong. Like I yeah. was rewatching today to be like, is this just something that I liked when I was a kid or like, does it stand up at all? And I think, I thought those performances were, were really strong. And, and he, there's like one scene where he's like telling he's uh, Benny, the jet Rodriguez is telling smalls the kind of main character. Who's, who's, learning how to play baseball and socialize with other kids he's like giving him the advice out in the outfield and he's like am i doing it right and and it's a take back to benny and he just kind of gives him a look like like a little nod and it's like oh that's good that's like nicely directed and nicely acted yeah absolutely and it's weird i mean it's not weird but this guy david mickey evans he wrote directed and as we talked about the narration he narrated narrated it it and I'm going to say a complete homage, rip off whatever you will to Gene Shepard from A Christmas Story, right? Yes, with some Daniel Stern thrown in. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he must have studied that because his cadence, his delivery, it was very like, let's put you in a nice warm mood, you know, like Gene Shepard would do. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, I read a lot of the early reviews of this movie. They're like, hey, it's a, it's like that feel of a, Christmas story, but in a different environment. Kids you're gonna, you know, love, kids you're gonna totally relate to, narrator, and just a fun, wacky story um along the same lines. So yeah, Chip, who was your favorite? Who was who who did young Chip? Uh just like Josh, I'd ha- I'd identify most with Smalls and mm-hmm. uh, his inability to play. I-, I have to say, and this might be a little cliche, the is it Squints, the kid with the with the glasses? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had a couple of good looks in there. Had a <laughs> yeah. couple of there were a couple of moments with him. There you go. Even uh, the, and I don't want to, uh, you look back on it now and uh, he is, <laughs> he's uh, forcing himself on a young woman yeah. uh, as it, which, which, but if you watch that scene from when he does that to as she's kicking him out of the pool, yeah. it's shot beautifully. Yes. And really well directed. So funny. Like the, the camera's coming backwards and following them out of the pool mm-hmm. together. I, I, I laughed out loud. Like I thought it was, and I had, but, and by the way, I should say I had never seen the movie until today. I watched it for the first time. I was very aware of it, but I had never seen it. I was just, I think I'm just like a, just a handful of years older than you, Josh. So I was like just old enough to, to miss it. And so I never, I never saw it, but. Cause it was so, like a real kids movie. Like it's not, yep. 
it's for kids for sure. Right. It wasn't a, a teen wolf or no, a, no, no, no. a stand by me that would yep. be for adults as well. This, is, this for is like, yeah, this is like, they seem like they're 10 to 12 years old, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And I was about 14, I think, maybe. So yeah. it was just, I like, I was just too old to be like, oh, I'm not watching a kid's movie. I was yeah. 38. So, <laughs> he was, he was, he, Vanna. He, 39 years young. <laughs> yeah. Me mom's a little older than you guys. But that scene, though, where she – so I even knew what to expect. I knew what he was going to do with the yeah. whole lifeguard thing. But ju- I, I was just so caught off guard with her carrying him out or yeah, leading great. him out mm-hmm. with with the whole entourage coming out. It's it's shot so – in such a funny way. And the scene – I mean, like, again, there the moment is – it's like I think a little it, – it's – now it would – it plays harder than it did then, like cringier, yes. like a little more. Sure. Ugh. But even yeah. then, like when I rewatch it, I was like, oh, there was this awareness, like not complete awareness of like he did. It was the wrong thing to do. And like they were banned for the pool forever for for basically intentionally drowning so he could make up with the lifeguard right. when she when she was giving him mouth to mouth. But the scene where they're all worried for his life and he they're like, is he going to live? And then he like winks at them <laughs> to broad like comedy moment i gotta give him i gotta take a couple his winking wasn't great i expected a big Mm -hmm. he (laughs) just kind of did a little like double wink and i wanted the real cartoony like guys Mm -hmm. wait do you see what's coming but he was just a little little subtle in his well if you if you check out the deleted scenes uh they actually did have animation where hearts came out of his eyes he said awooga yeah yeah, (laughs) but it is it like that scene i think you're like Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, can't be can't be doing that. But um, there are some really. I think the way the characters were are written and portrayed, they're like very. A lot of them are like really specific and funny. Like the twins that Timmy and Tommy were one of them. Just like repeats the last kid. Like I think about that all the time. Like my sister and I will still go like the Colossus of Clout, the Colossus of Clout. <laughs> it's like it's like a little a, hype man. Yeah, it's so perfect. And there's so much of that that, like, I think I saw it at the perfect time. But also I was watching it today and being like, oh, like, a lot of this stuff really stuck with me in a way that, like, I don't always collate it as being like, oh, these five things I still think about all the time are from the Sandlot. Right. You know what? There's something weird I just caught in that movie that I never really thought about. And I say it all the time, jokingly, like an old person, like, oh, this guy's in a real pickle. It's I never equated that. Like in baseball, I realized a pickle is like a rundown. Mm-hmm. Josh, mm-hmm. I never put the two together. So when someone says they're in a pickle, they mean they're in a situation like you are in baseball in a, in a rundown. I never put that together either, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. What do you know about I, yeah, that? I, we learned something, guys. Mm-hmm. This show, it's amazing, educational. The other one that's always like, this is what. My and my sister, this is it comes in my head all the time. Is there's that that scene where they're having the sleepover, and I think it's so fun that they do these little vignettes, right? Like, it's, yeah, the the thread is this is the sandlot where they're playing baseball, but then there's uh there's the scene at the pool, there's the sleepover with that has its own internal thing where they're telling the story of how the beast came to be the big dog that that lives next to the sandlot with in, in black and white, where he's making that where the ham is making the s'mores and smalls goes but how can i have s'more i haven't had any yet and then him just goes you're killing me smalls and that's still <laughs> i think that they just like whenever somebody is like exasperating me it's always you're killing me, <laughs> you're killing me still smalls. yeah I-, I like how they made a very bold attempt to make the s'mores speech 
into the 1990s who's on first mm-hmm. like they made a re- a really nice attempt to be like wait i can't have some more because you've already had some yep. and then i was like this is he's he's really going for an Abbott costello here yeah he, ha- he has to realize it. that the majority of people hate that sketch with like <laughs> unbridled passion you hear it once like yeah, that's cute I guess back in the day when things weren't funny, back you know in black and white times where nothing was really funny, that right. might have that might have People worked. People just eat grain yeah. for dinner. <laughs> People got oranges on Christmas morning, and it was a <laughs> like great. Even oh, breakfast mom- by candlelight. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, my wife and I were just talking about that, like about candles. This is so sad. We're like, basically, the day's just done at five o'clock. You're like. Yeah, good night, my angles. Good night, pie angles. It's yeah, dark. Just we can't in. afford wax. Just everything's done. I mean, there's no, you can't read a book in the dark, and we only have two candles. So I'll see you at 4 30 in the morning. Yeah, when the sun comes up, we'll Holy party. Shit. Just hop, just hop into that straw bed, throw some, <laughs> throw, throw a podcast on in your earbuds and go off just, to sleep. Just wait for death. <laughs> You know who's doing the podcast? It's Nellie because she's the only one rich enough to have mm-hmm. like the technology and stuff, right? Right. And it's just she's, basically it's just it's just audio of her uh, hitting a, a wooden hoop with a stick. That's yep. it's just forty five <laughs> minutes of that. Welcome, little house arenos, little yeah. homesteaders. <laughs> Welcome to Olson's Mercantile. Tonight we got oh we have a sponsor today. It's a bag of grain. Get your own bag of grain at Olson's Mercantile. <laughs> And our co-host is Willie, and she just basically uses them as like a punching bag, you know, yeah. like like the uh, podcast producer. Hey, what'd you do this weekend? And like, no one gives a shit. Yeah, shut it's up. Like, shut up. Get to the guest. Ma- Willie, what- male chimp is actually just a chimp that the post office stole from the <laughs> stole from the circus when it was in town. So there actually was chimp. a species, a subspecies of male chimps that would chimps. deliver letters just, in the, oh the late 1800s, yeah. early 1900s. They went extinct. Yeah. Yeah, Walnut Creek was a was just yeah. a, a a wonderful place, a vibrant, it was. vibrant community. But every now and then you get like a real quality chimp from Mankato, the big city. <laughs> right, right. I uh, I called into a, uh, a radio talk show like twenty years ago, and it was it was like Preston and Steve in Philadelphia, and they had contests, and it was Little House in the Prairie trivia, mm-hmm. and I called in, and they gave me like three questions, I nailed all three of them, and then I'm like, got anything more for me? And they're just like how do you know all this? I go, well, growing up, I had a little sister. She watched it all the time. And they're like, really? I'm like, nah, I'm bullshitting you. I just love the show. <laughs> just yeah, you're it. going deep with Little House. Oh, yeah. I that's... can I can go much deeper. We should do a, a Little House cast some episode because I can go. I probably can't go toe to toe with you, but I could I could hold my own for a little while. Yeah. 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 We this should, is we should incredible. Yeah. Laura, all right. Here we go, Chip. Um, yep. She goes skinny dipping with manly right that's laura ingles wilder she goes okay. skinny dipping with manly then kills nelly that's laura ingle wildest okay is that how it <laughs> you know what i'm talking about and then wait yes then when she battle raps all her sisters on the prairie that's laura ingles wild and out <laughs> <Whoa. It is. laughs> i think we're all we're all doing good here yeah, just promoting a show that's a thousand years old. Uh, if only she, three of us are enjoying. If she and her team plays uh, the Arizona Cardinals in early January, that's Laura Ingalls' wild card, I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. And then if she kind of lines up the running back in a in a um, 
an unconventional formation, hit it. It's Laura Ingalls' wildcat formation. Hell yeah, it is. There we go. <laughs> My God. Well, welcome to welcome to Wild Times with uh, if, Chip, Jess, if, and Josh. If if Laura Ingalls makes love, oh no, um, and creates some static cling because that's what happened when bodies start slapping. Oh, uh, that is Laura Ingalls' wild thing. Wild thing. Yeah, I love it. And then if you have the the chicken pox as a child and then it kind of resurfaces as a more painful violin <laughs> a virus as an adult that's laura shingles wild <laughs> oh yes i was waiting is. for i was there, waiting there, for the, the variant yes. that's yes. it right there the variant laura yeah. shingles wild. holy shit <laughs> yeah that'd be so sad because you know like as older like you know i'm 74 years young <laughs> and i'm sure the actress who played laura ingles around my age like if she got shingles you know like us old people do that's the headline right josh yeah laura shingles wilder yeah and people are gonna laugh and they're gonna be like all right that was good and she cool. she's probably cool enough she's like that's good you got yeah, me. yeah that's you got me you got i me. think she was uh president of sag for a she while she was and yeah. at sag and after or just sag it, it, it's not it's not my uh, it's, it's not my place to say <laughs> i don't remember when they combined now Guys, uh, Russia. what is her name why why am i forgetting her name what what is uh Melissa Gilbert. Melissa Gilbert, that's right. Yes, Melissa Gilbert. Guys, when the boys are in the pool watching Wendy Peppercorn, the dialogue is, she doesn't know what she's doing, said by Timmy and Tommy Timmons. And the answer, yes, she does. She knows exactly what she's doing. That's said by Benny Rodriguez. Um, this line, pretty much this whole thing, is taken from a scene in Cool Hand Luke, 1967. Did you know that? I did it was not. an homage. It was an homage. She knows exactly what she's doing. Oh, that's funny. Josh, another homage where the scene where Squints pretends to drown, which you just mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, kissing Wendy, very similar to a scene in Friday the 13th, 1980, when Ned pretends to drown so he can kiss Brenda. Interesting. So this guy. That's probably where he... No, it couldn't be where he got it because it's 1962. <laughs> Ned, Ned stole it from him. Yeah, yeah there Ned you stole go. It, yep. Yeah, so Ned I, stole I, it from Squints. I do love, I do love when you know they make these little homages, and you have to figure it out. It'd be cool if they said the director, like you know, obviously director Mikey Mickey Smalls, whatever his name is. It's uh, that wasn't even David close. Mickey Evans. David Mickey Evans. Mickey Smalls, <laughs> the Mickey uh, <laughs> Disney World's greatest rapper. Uh, rest <laughs> in peace. Oh, it was all good. <laughs> Like they say to him, like, "Hey, we noticed a couple of your uh, your silver screen references," and yeah. he's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like he had no idea. He's, yeah, just, he's, he's like, furious. No, no. You call me a hack? What do you say? Shit! I'd rip off anybody. This guy, David Mickey, this was his high point of his career. He, like, afterwards, I looked at his filmography. You know, he tried to do. Um, I peaked in '93 too. Yeah, so it's, yeah. He, yeah. He tried to do like Sandlot too. But one of the funny things was, it wasn't funny, but I just, like, I'm looking at his list of movies and I'm like, oh, he did Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Like he directed, I'm like, but it was Ace Ventura Jr. Pet Detective. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't 2009, see- 2009, I believe. Yeah, 2009. Yeah. And then of course I spent 20 minutes reading about uh, Ace Ventura, Ventura Jr. Jr. Pet Detective. The, 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 the cover of the VHS box alone is worth a look. Oh, I'm gonna look it up right now. Joshua, can yeah, I ask you a question? Of course. Spe speaking of Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, you're aware of the film. You've seen it? Yes. <laughs> Are you familiar with Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls? Yes. Okay. 
were you a fan of this film? I liked the original a lot better. Okay. All right. Okay. Yes. Good. We uh we had a uh, a famous episode that I think is only famous to Jeff and I. Yes. But, <laughs> uh, we had the one and only Blake Wexler on. Oh, love Blake um, Wexler. He chose. He's a little bit younger than us, and he yes. chose the movie that he chose was Ace Ventura: When Nature Calls. <laughs> uh, by the way, Ace Ventura: Pet Detective was on the table, but he decided not to go with that one. He went mm -hmm. with When Nature Calls. Jeff and I had never seen it. We decided to watch it. We give each of these movies a loving try if we've never mm -hmm. seen it. So, and some of them don't stand the test of time. We obviously know, like you said, sometimes these movies, you love them as children. They yep. don't necessarily hold up. We downright hated this movie. And uh, we were going to tell Blake, Blake's, like, we, and we try to be very diplomatic about it, but we're like, I don't think yeah. we can hold back. Blake loved the movie so much and had such an affinity for it as a child, and it went back to his childhood years. We just we didn't have the heart to tell. You him. couldn't tell. You want us over. He want young, you yes. know, Blake. Obviously, he's conniving, and he mm -hmm. does all that charm, yeah. that boyish charm, good looks, yep. and yep. he yep. just wins you over. Sociopath. Yeah, he exactly. That's exactly what he is, <laughs> and he did a great job of it. Congrats to Blake Wexler. Um, but yeah, I I remember even as a kid seeing that. And and Ace Ventura, the original one, has its uh, flaws, especially oh, sure. in we, retrospect. Yeah. But the second exactly. one, I remember seeing it even, you know, maybe I was 13 years old and going like, something's missing here. Yes. I, yeah. I'm not I'm not a scholar, but this doesn't have quite the magic that the first one did. No. Um, we like to say the sweet spots, all these movies that we have people – come on and talk about thankfully are all these movies that respect people's time and patience chip sweet spot this movie one hour 41, 41 minutes. minutes oh yeah yeah the sweet spot of course is an hour and a half to an hour 45 mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you don't need any more than that yeah great length for a movie yes we just saw speaking of hour 40 you're in you're out a delight um we just saw the new Fletch movie. My wife and I. Oh, watched I want to see that. Fletch. John Hamm's Fletch. How was it? I really liked it. Really, it's not like, I, and I'm I'm young enough that I think I've seen Fletch, but it wasn't like formative for me, so I don't right. have a specific reverence for it. I, so I, I was I'm, like, I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, this is, this was great. And then there's like comedy people that kind of keep turning up like there's a couple really funny eugene merman scenes oh, like, nice. roy, roy wood is a supporting character who, oh, and he's very great. good yeah and it's so i really enjoyed it and john ham i think is very funny i heard Ooh. him say that it was and i've never read them but and i didn't even realize that they were novels but he said yeah. that they were much more true to the novels than to the original movie which that I, makes i'm sense. very excited to see yeah yeah it's like a very it's one of those like mystery. It's it feels almost it, it less eccentric, but you have that feeling of like the Big Lebowski, where it's a mystery, but like the mystery kind of doesn't matter, and it's just like a, a kind of fun guy going on adventures. I'm in. I'm sold. Sold. I, I you know as as we mentioned earlier, I'm I'm your your Mima, and I'm older. Fletch for me when I was a kid when we first got HBO. Holy crap. Like Fletch is literally what we were quoting, you know, in addition to like fast times, yep. Fletch and vacation, like those Chevy chase, like Fletch had just so vacation many. was definitely one of mine. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. Josh, I'm and, so happy you reminded me about that movie because it was like, 
little articles just like, oh, by the way, all these movies are out. Oh, and um, John Hamm released a new Flash movie. Anyway. they brought it. It was like one of those that went to streaming and theaters and the theatrical release. They just did such a limp job of, I think it grossed like $500,000. Uh, yeah. And it's like, man, I wish it had done better. Cause I would like, like they could just spin this franchise back up and do one of these, like every couple of years. And oh, I wonder if they'll do that because obviously the model is shifting. And I wonder if they saw it as look, Again, I, I haven't seen it, but this it's a sleepier movie, and it's like this is going to be a VHS movie or, in today's terms, it a streaming feels, movie. It has perfect – I mean, like, it really seems like things are splitting, right, into, like, the big blockbusters do well in theaters and, like, horror and, and that – like, real visceral stuff. I, I wish more comedies were going to theaters, but it feels like that stuff is all – either it's going to streamers or they're bar- it's barely getting made. So, mm-hmm. like – God, just make make a um a Fletch. Give me a Fletch. Give me a Barbon Star. Give me a a what was it? a Palm Springs. Like, give me send all that shit to streaming so I can see it rather right. than not making it and and just going like, ah, oh, it's not going to gross a hundred million dollars, so why make it at all? Yeah, exactly. I want to bring up another thing that's magical. I think about a good kids movie that's mm-hmm. really directed towards kids, and I noticed this. Not a lot of adults. No. And I think that's a real draw because kids are mm. like, I have adults in my face all day long. Yep. I know what my, I know what a mom is. I know mm-hmm. what a dad is. <laughs> I know when they can be assholes. I want to go see a movie. Like my fear was Dennis Miller, Dennis Miller, Dennis, Dennis Leary, Leary mm-hmm. was going to be the like asshole abusive step. No, it does. It didn't get to that dark a place. And, and I think that made it makes it a more, enjoyable movie for children oh god yeah yeah and, and a more enjoyable but, but, movie to rewatch. yep absolutely and at the same time as i'm watching it today th- there was that heaviness though because you can just mm-hmm. see at, at me knowing who dennis leary is you can just see him seething under the surface yeah. at certain points so it, it gives it that that stress and that anxiety yep. but he, he never he never raises his voice he never lifts a hand to the kid or, or goes crazy it's no. just it's, it's it's like such an interesting relationship that that I didn't notice like the nuance of it right where he's just like not a bad guy it's just like yeah. I don't know this isn't my kid <laughs> yeah oh the and he's, scene and he's and he never says like no I'm not gonna help you he's like he's yeah, like I'll yeah I'll, I'll teach you but I'll do it later yeah yeah he's got things to do Josh the yeah. scene when he first walks into his stepdad's office and he calls him dad by mistake mm-hmm. oh yeah like and and he's like Bill. oh I'm sorry Bill. Yep. And you're like, oh, poor kid. Here's the deal, Josh. He wasn't the ass, but you know who was pretty brutal? Maybe the roughest line of the movie. Mom coming with, uh, you'll always be an egghead with an attitude like that. Where the fuck are your friends? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go find some friends. Go you find some friends. Oh, you loser. You loser. Karen Allen, what the hell? That wasn't the mom I w- he deserved, but it's the mom he got. She was just worried for him. She's yeah, just right. worried. She didn't want him hanging out making his inventions in his bedroom. For <laughs> God forbid summer. he builds a computer in his bedroom and in, in his yeah. garage and starts a computer company because you know he's an egghead. Get out there and play boy sports like a boy. Yeah, I don't want you becoming some like you know computer whiz. No, no. This is 1993. We didn't know they didn't, no. they didn't know how lucrative computers were. No, floppy disks were still no. uh, the size of you know chess boards <laughs> uh what are you gonna sit there with that commodore 64 and that daisy wheel printer playing the lemonade game 
you can't nerd. go outside, you nerd. You absolute but I, loser. But Josh, she called him an egghead. I know. It's such a mean thing for a that's, mom to say. That's pretty brutal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you think about a lot of the great kids movies, like adults are, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. what um, Goonies? No, I mean, besides the bad adults, there was very no, few. Like, you see the mom and the dad no at the beginning mom- of the end. Yep. That's it. Because I guess part of the fantasy is I want to be away from the norm. I want to be away yep. from mom and yeah. dad. Stand so by me. D- they get away from the parents. Yeah. Yep. They're in this kind of like space where there's no reason for adults to be there. They're having adventures. They're like, yeah, you know, they have their own rules that are like different than adult rules. It's it's really sweet. And it doesn't feel perilous, you know, yeah. other than the the beast and even the, the big dog. And even that turns out really sweet. Like it's a, yeah, it's just a very, it's just like a very charming film for the most part, I think. And I remember think I've always seen the shirt, you're killing me smalls. Yeah. The, the Hampino, what a jerk this kid's going to be. And I always assumed it was this kid screwing, screwing up the baseball field and the catcher screaming at him, you're killing me smalls. That mm-hmm. never happened. He was just an intense kid, but never really, I mean, at the beginning they all laughed at him. Yeah, that was, they're, that was they're like. They're like, oh, this kid can't play. What's he doing here? And then, like, they embraced him into their group, and he, mm-hmm. yeah. And and it's like, I I thought even the ending made so much sense, where like, the 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 kid that was always practicing baseball, and like all the other kids were like, we just do this for fun, and he's like, nope, I'm intense. Is like playing in the big leagues, and he's uh the the narrator is the announcer, and it's just like, oh, what a sweet nostalgic like wish fulfillment, you know? It's like I don't know. It's just it. It just hit me right at the right time. Oh, it's an look- eight-year-old? Sure. Yeah. And then looking back today, I was like, yeah, I was right to like this when I was eight. Like, I'm not – I wasn't hoodwinked. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you're so trepidatious. Like, all right, let's put the movie in and, and see what an idiot I was when I was that age. Yeah. And when it when it comes back that it's just like, oh, everything's copacetic. It yeah. was good. I was a fine judge of mm-hmm. movies and character. Right. I mean, there's so much stuff in movies of like – even 10 years later than that, where there's just like, oh, there's like a five minute scene where they like throw a gay kid in a trash can and push yep. him down a hill. You're like, yikes. Right. And this didn't, yeah. I mean, other than, you know, they, they, the kiss with the lifeguard where you're like, yikes. but there's no, it doesn't, the power dynamic is still like, he's a Weasley little kid and she kind of like gives him what for and throws him out of the pool forever. And you're like, okay, justice is served. Sure. Yeah. Now, Chip, you noticed, and when I was talking to you about it, you're like, the star of the movie, Smalls, mm-hmm. he doesn't know a lot about baseball, but it seems like he doesn't know a lot about anything. <laughs> about a- about anything <laughs> at all. Nothing. Uh, s'mores. He doesn't know yes, s'mores. Yeah. He doesn't. He it was it was as if he he was raised in a crate in the Midwest, and then the mother drove him out to the San Fernando Valley, let him out of the crate, and he went out into the world. Uh, so what I actually did, Josh, I did some exhaustive <laughs> research. Yep. I, I I went through this movie with a fine-tooth comb, and I found all of the things that this uh, that this child didn't know and that the team, the other boys, taught him, not just about baseball but about life skills. Yeah. I even went through the deleted scenes, and <laughs> there were some other – there were some other things that this – you know, it's – yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of an, of an example where it's like somebody just doesn't know much about a certain sport. He just knew nothing about anything. 
This child right, was a, right. He, he was a blank canvas. It starts off right where he like has to pretend he knows who Babe Ruth is and he doesn't know who yes. Babe Ruth is. Strike, like, strike four, as he would <laughs> yeah. probably say. Yep. And it's like, okay, he's a, he's not a sport. He's an egghead, as his mom yep. will rub in. Um, but and then and then it gets to he, he's never had s'mores before or heard yep. of them. No. Yeah. No, yeah. at, at all. Chip, is there anything else he doesn't yeah, know? Yeah, what do you got? So, so, yeah, so here we go. <laughs> First of all, they they had to teach him not only how to play baseball, but how to throw a ball. <laughs> this boy is, what, nine years old, ten years old? Yeah. Can't throw a ball. So yep. we're, we're going to start there. Number two, of course, didn't know who Babe Ruth was. Thought it was a pretty lady. Okay? Yep. Uh, number three, didn't know what a s'more was. Like, just is completely unaware of that. Number four, uh, and they physically had to teach him this. Physically, they had to yank him off. He did not know how to not climb the fence into a yard that houses a murderous dog. He was not aware that you shouldn't do that. Do you remember when he was tra- he was going to climb the fence? They literally had to yank him down. He's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And there's a dog banging against the fence. He didn't know how to do that. Uh, they taught him what chewing tobacco was. Never mm-hmm. heard of that before. Uh, then we go into the deleted scenes. These are the other things that you might not have seen in the actual movie, but if you watch the DVD, um, they he's this kid is a blank canvas. Uh, they taught him how to pee standing up. Didn't know how to do that. That was one of the things. <laughs> they actually had there was a scene where they taught him. Now remember, this is 1962, so technology isn't what it is today. Mm-hmm. But they literally had to teach Smalls how television isn't actually tiny people inside a box <laughs> in your living room. There was a whole there was a whole vignette about that. Um, I thought this was one. They went to a diner in a deleted scene. They taught Smalls how to use a spoon instead of shoving his face directly into a bowl of hot soup and slurping it up. It was a horrifying scene. <laughs> you would just go, here goes nothing. Here goes nothing. Chip, and they every single screaming. time he went for a sip, he <laughs> said, here goes nothing every yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, uh, they had to teach him how everything doesn't disappear when he closes his eyes. <laughs> that one was... Like, no, 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 no. We're still here when you close your eyes. It doesn't he didn't all... know object permanence, you're saying. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he wasn't, he, Smalls wasn't aware. And then finally, I thought this was a really oh. interesting, apparently this was the alternate ending. Okay. And it's, it's a number of things in one. And remember, this is 1962. This happened, so again, technology what it was. But they taught him how to shoot a rifle. They taught him all of the bus routes from Los Angeles to <laughs> Dallas, Texas, and the president's parade route the following November. So wow. this, and the yeah, kids knew all that. The kids knew all that, and and they, and then this this little Manchurian candidate from the Midwest is out there, and they're like, "We got a patsy here." And they sent him out. Now, this movie was going to be well over an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> well, you – this explains so much. Yeah. I, it never clicked to me. Jeff, you had this realization about being in a pickle. It never occurred to me <laughs> until just now why JFK's last words are were, you're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Guys, I'm getting on Public. I'm getting a <laughs> – you're killing me, Smalls, and then JFK. just JFK the limb and just. <laughs> that would wow. have sold, God, fucking Spencer's gifts. Oh, oh. my God. 
2004 oh, flying off the shelves. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Chip, I didn't know any of that. Thank yeah, you for doing it. Yeah, you got to watch the deleted scenes. Yeah, this it's always incredible. Yeah, you're really doing the work. I really try. Do the legwork for the, for this podcast. Oh, my God. Um, well, Chip, you know, if you do research, mm-hmm. you I can't have you do research without me doing research. I mean, okay. That's why, Josh, it's it's a 50-50 venture, Chip and I. We each put in 50% of the work. And yeah, then, beautiful. Yeah, thank you. And our agents deal with everything else about, you know, all the money we're making off this mm-hmm. podcast. Um, it's, I don't want to, it's, it's upwards of tens of dollars. Okay. Yeah, Josh. Dozens. Yeah, dozens. Dozens. Of, I'd say dozens of dollars. Wow. I did some research and, <laughs> oh my God, hold it. Why did I put this here? Here we go. Boom. And move a little doc here. Here we go, guys. Yeah. This is not great sports movie sequels. Okay. These are sequels I didn't even realize existed. Okay. So many movies have direct to video sequels and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like to give you an idea, guys, I'm going to probably, I'll describe some of these sequels and see if you can give me the name. Sure. Like there were two Sandlot sequels, right? They weren't great direct to video, but there was a third one, Chip. Okay. I'll, give, I'll ask you first, Chip. Third one. Sandlot sequel, little known. It was um, an animated movie where a feisty red crustacean becomes the star of a little league beach baseball team. Was that the Sand Crab Lot? Mm, I think, well, there might be a different movie. This movie's called The Sand Lobster. The Sand Lobster, <laughs> that's what it was. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sand lobster. That was you, you, Yorgos Lanthermoth's is The Sand Lobster. <laughs> I, think, I think it was. I think it was. <laughs> All right. Now, Josh, I'll give you one. Maybe, maybe you'll you'll hear about this. Well, I didn't even wow, this is quite a sequel. Remember the movie about the Black Sox scandal when the underpaid Chicago White Sox accepted bribes to deliberately lose the 1919 World Series? This sequel basically just shows the octet of players just sitting around with their arms crossed, being sullen and moody. Huh. Oh, I haven't heard of this one. Give no. me the title. I didn't even know. Chip, any idea? This octet of players. Yeah. Eight eight men out to lunch. Eight men pout. Eight men pout. <laughs> They're just so mad at what so went down. Sad. They're just yes. so the whole that it's was an it. hour and forty five minutes of just just them just them sulking. Yeah. I don't wanna. I don't All wanna. right, Josh. I think you'll do better at this one. Okay. This is right up your alley. An unexpected player joins the school basketball team, a circus dog who escaped from a cruel master. In this 12th sequel, he's also a vampire. Okay. A 12th sequel. There's a dog that's playing basketball. He's, yep. And he's but also he's, a vampire. Yeah. Scare Bud? Ooh. Oh, that's a, that's a good good one. Could be. Could I venture? Yeah, let's Scare see, Bud let's... is a good one. I, I, would, I, I could say I think I like Scare Bud. I might also go with Air Blood. Air Blood. Oh, Air, Air Blood, Blood, of yeah. course. I'm clapping for myself. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just used to, I'm, I'm a clapper. Chip, Iowa farmer Ray Kinsellis turns yet another cornfield into a baseball field. But this time, touch. but this time it's inhabited by Sam Kinison, Bob Catwolfwaite, and some <laughs> other very loud wailing comedians. Um, mm-hmm. uh, would that be Field of Screams? It's 100% Field of Screams. Field it of made screams, absolutely yeah. no money. People yeah. hated it. It, a lot it, of cocaine. it did better than Hot to Trot, though, I believe. <laughs> How much cocaine do you think would be on that set? Just uh, Sam Kennison, just just a, d- a decent amount, a decent amount. 
Josh, I hate to say it, these don't get better, but we're going to okay. go through them anyway. Let's do it. I'm here. This is uh, Susan Sarandon reprises her role as a fan who has an affair with one major minor league baseball player okay. each season. This time, the player is a cranky puppet named Warren who lives with his best friend, Jeff. <laughs> okay, this one I really like. Bull Dunham. Yes. I'm so glad you got that. I'm so oh, yeah. Glad. No doubt about it. That was money in the bank. Yes, Bull Dunham. Bull Dunham. It was, it was a Jeff Dunham creation. It made $200 million. <laughs> Mm-hmm. people loved yeah. it people yeah. friggin lo- it made the midwest it said it just it's considered the top 10 it's criterion collection in st louis missouri <laughs> wow wow yeah chip there couldn't be one more up your alley than if i drove this up an alley called oh. chip chantry way okay right. you ready understood Whew. i gotta take a little breather and stretch out two ambitious british girls despite their parents wishes still have their hearts set on careers in professional soccer, both are now inspired by the kicking style of Mr. Belvedere's main young antagonist. Uh, that would be bend it like Bryce Beckham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I love there, that. there's some streaks on that China right there. Woo! Uh, yeah. Never matter before. Who cares? You guys are both professional comedians. Josh. She has always been told she was too small to play college football, but this eccentric and recently deceased love goddess was determined to overcome the odds and fulfill her dream of playing football for Notre Dame while doing comedy in clubs at night. Is this Tenuti? Oh, so close. Do I like that Judy. better? It's Judy. Think, it's Judy, but I think I might like Tenuti. Yeah, I think Tenuti is a... Uh, by the Judy. way, I... I... I live in the Italian market, and I believe you can get uh, tenuti's at the bakery on Sundays, oh, and they are tenuti's. delicious. They sell out in two hours. Get online when get it online. opens. Yep. Get a mm-hmm. big bag of tenuti's. Uh, Chip, this is a very odd sequel. A British extraterrestrial time lord with a checkered past and a TARDIS coached a small high school basketball team to become the top contender for the Intergalactic Basketball Championship. I believe that would be, is that Dr. Hoosiers? Dr. Hoosiers, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Speaking of of, of sports, and, and Josh, you love sports. Josh, picture right now you have your earphones in, your transistor radio, and you're, yep. you're listening to a Buzz Bissinger story following the uh, 1988 Perman High School Panthers football team as they made a run towards the state championship in Texas, Right. Yep. This sequel, the team basically just kicks back and drinks a bunch of low calorie but great tasting beer. This is Friday Night Bud Lights. Friday Night Miller, Miller Lights. Lights. Yeah, it's Friday Night Miller Lights. <laughs> it's it's one of the least action packed movies. They all basically just graduate and they just they just drink some delicious low cal beers. <laughs> yep, Friday Night Miller Lights. Not as that's not as sponsored promotion mm-hmm. okay. for Miller Lite or Buzz Bissinger y- either one right yeah Chip I think you'll like this one this ragtag kids baseball team and their gruff but lovable alcoholic coach are back but this time they're sponsored by a hate and conspiracy spewing network looking to destroy America's democracy is that bad Fox News bears 
Just, Fox News Bears? It's just the just Fox, the Fox News, Bears. News Bears. It's not the bad Fox News Bears. Bears. It's the Fox News Bears. Sure, sure, sure. Sure. My favorite thing of doing these are watching both you guys, the way you you look when you figure out things. I love it. It feels – Do the math. Yeah. You can't it's, see it, but in my head, there's the beautiful mind numbers. <laughs> <laughs> just – Yep. When what, I do it, I, there's – No. Go ahead. No, when I do it, there's just not just blank space. There's absolutely yeah. nothing, and I'm like, it's just a it's a bird flying around. <laughs> yeah, I had I have to give a shout out. One of my favorite teachers of all time was my ninth grade algebra teacher, and he was just just a cool guy, and just just he just had the act down. He wasn't trying to be Mister Cool, but he just everybody loved him, and he was just always a step ahead of us. And we're a number of weeks into the school year when we have our first big test, mm -hmm. and so we've been in this classroom probably 30 times and we're taking the test and my buddy, Randy Buselow is sitting behind me and he starts laughing like during the test, he starts laughing. And so I just look back and he's looking up and he starts laughing and Mr. Kunkka, the teacher is sitting at his desk, sees what's happening. And I'm worried, like, am I going to get in trouble for something? And he starts, he just kind of gives a knowing nod and then that's it. And I find out what's what's happening. I look up, Mr. Kunkka, it's it's a white drop ceiling, you know, like mm -hmm. the you know, part not particle board, but the yeah, foam, yeah. whatever. Yep. And it's white and in white letters, like almost like the letters that you the magnet letters that you put on the fridge, he in just white letters that you can barely see, he like had I, I guess like pins on them or whatever, and pinned them up and just the word in white, it just says think up there. <laughs> Because he noticed that whenever the kids were trying to figure out a problem, they would always just look up at the ceiling and oh, we never noticed so it, but funny. it was always there. And it just said, think up there. And he's like, yeah, uh, just think about it. And uh, it always helped. Nice job, I, Kunkka. Yeah, nice I had job, the, Kunkka. the opposite experience <laughs> with a physics teacher senior year in high school where <laughs> – this that because because that's so like sweet and funny and thoughtful and and like as you get like you said a step ahead of the kids um we had a, a physics teacher who had these big dogs and he was out for a couple days because the dogs something had startled them and he he came in kind of scratched up around the face oh my he god kept he kept the dogs he loved them very much and uh, a couple weeks and we all knew this story and he was pretty open about like yeah something freaked out the dogs they scratched me up but like not you to me not a big deal they're gonna stay living in my house and uh my friend brendan uh o'brien was really goofing off and this physics teacher we just like had it up to here and he was like brendan i recently choked my dogs whom i love unconscious <laughs> imagine what i would do to you <laughs> who i love I was like, yeah, I guess in like 2002, 2003, you could still just straight up like threaten students with, with that one. And I'll tell you what, he shut the hell up. It's just a great threat. I mean, it's not it a direct really threat. It was just him. It was him setting a scene. Imagine. He didn't say, here's what yeah. I'll do to you. He said, yeah, imagine. Imagine, what imagine I would if do. you will. Imagine. And oh, my God. Yeah. And we were like, there's so many layers to how messed up that is. First of all, that you your dogs attacked you to the point that you had to choke them. Choke out. them. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And not and, and what he was he doing? That's what I want to know. That what the was dogs, he doing that warranted? I this? don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. 
but that's i remember that so like the cadence of his voice where he like gets it gets it really low like brings that kind of the like if you don't hear what i'm saying there will be consequences and it just was like batman voice yeah yeah yes christian bale is batman picture i just pictured the teacher one one day it's like hey you know before i go home and open the door i'm gonna put on this suit of (laughs) raw meat Mm-hmm. <laughs> that could be fun. Maybe my dogs will like that. Just mm-hmm. the door. Hey guys, just, hey. guys, he was, he was fine. Two more. We have okay, two more. One's okay. good, and and one's good. I promise you. Okay. How about that? All right. All right. Here we go, Josh. What does a handsome sports agent do when he's done showing his clients the money? His mm-hmm. client, the money. He starts a business selling dried and dehydrated meat strips. <laughs> Jerky Maguire. Jerky Maguire. There we go. Chip, this one is a long walk. I hope you have your comfortable okay. pair of shoes. All right. You know I'm what? Get Franklin. Put put Franklin on a leash. Get ready for this long walk. <laughs> We're ready. Woo! Here we go. Okay. Having become the world's heavyweight champion, a former working class boxer is rich and famous beyond his wildest dreams. But for some reason, he decides to fight four humans at once. Co-starring Tom Selleck, Steve Gutenberg, and Ted Danson. Uh, so okay. Oh, is it is it three men and a Rocky? Is it Rocky three men and a baby? Oh <laughs> yes, yes, Josh Gondelman. Yes, you were right there. Yep, yeah, Rocky three men and a, Rocky, Rocky three, three men and a baby. Men and a baby. Roman numeral three. Roman and you can tell three. he was very punch drunk because he decides to fight four humans mm-hmm. and one's a baby. What's well, a baby? Do you th- who do you think he went for first? Like, do you, you gotta save? Go, you got to take out Goot. You got to take out the Goots. Goot yeah. first. Yeah. Then you do Ted Danson, a little older. Yeah. Rangy. Save the yeah. baby for last? I think I would... save the baby for last. Poses the least threat. <laughs> yeah, that's And you're that's tired. True. And you're tired by then. Yeah. Not kill the baby. Just choke it out. Like a dog, <laughs> like, like a dog like that you love. Teacher. Yeah, <laughs> we love my dogs. He, like you can hear the comma, my dogs, whom I love. I love. <laughs> Maybe even yeah, like a, an M dash. Yeah, a real. Yep, hard that, punctuation. Just you can really hear it in his unconscious. Yeah. Imagine what I would do. There's a great fun fact about um, Darth Vader. What's his name? James Earl Jones mm-hmm. yes. in the movie, and you know baseball. And he was in another baseball movie. He, the, the actor James Earl Jones yes. hates hates baseball. Is that true? <laughs> hates it's baseball. true. He hates baseball, but he took really? these roles. So whenever you're like they're waxing po- poetic about this movie and all that, he's just like, no, nah, I hate baseball. That's it's so incredible. funny to not just be indifferent to baseball, but to yeah, actively to hate, hate it. To like it's hard hate. to hate baseball. Like most people yeah. are like, it's a little boring. It's not for yep. me. But mm-hmm. like, what happened to him? He probably had this childhood similar, but it all went wrong. I don't know anything about baseball. And kids just like mercilessly teased him to the point where he's like, like, hey, come on. (laughs) I would would love to see that. Like he just tried to almost sabotage the movie. Like he just he agrees to do this baseball movie, but just shows up to set because, you know, the movie's probably almost all in the can. He's shooting the last scene or two. Yep. Um, And he just shows up like he exits his trailer. And he's just wearing sunglasses, and they're like, "Where did he get those sunglasses?" He's like, "Oh, by the way, I'm blind." <laughs> yeah, you're like, "What? You're not?" And he it's, just decided it's a yeah, choice just, that he made. Like the the um, 
how in heat Al Pacino is playing his character as if he's on cocaine the whole time mm-hmm. and just it's never said in the movie so his performance is ridiculous. <laughs> I just saw Bill Hader, very young Bill Hader on Conan, must have been like 15 years ago, just doing Al Pacino. It's maybe the funniest impression of all time. Like just any, oh my God. I, I literally was... Just, it's it's hard not to go with a classic like let's say like a Phil uh, uh, Phil Hartman or right, something right. like that or, yeah. or or a Bill Murray but Bill Hader might be my favorite impressionist SNL cast, SNL oh. cast member oh unbelievable yeah yeah um, here's a question I have for you guys this movie was inspired by the director uh, Frankie Mickey uh, Evans da- Davy Jones uh, Davy Jones Bobby Jones Mickey Bo- Mickey Mickey, Mickey Bo- Millie Bobby Brown David Lee Roth David Duck. 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 Done. Done. Um, bass player for Blues Brothers. Donald Blues Duck Brothers. Dunn? Yeah, Donald, Donald Duck, Duck done. Duck. There we go. Okay. This movie was inspired by the writer's uh youth, where it wasn't as great. He was bullied a lot, but a lot of the things happened, ball going over a fence, all of that. Are there any parts <laughs> of either of your youth? that would make a good coming of age movie. Like this guy pinpointed one particular thing. And I always think everybody has a story in them. Everyone is a part of their youth, whether it was some crazy thing that happened in the summer or when they were older, or just one day that you'd be like, Hey, if I ever had three months, I could probably write this up. I have an answer, but I also, I want to take a moment and be like, what a kernel to be like, I'm going to write a whole movie, a beloved children's movie, about the time a ball went over a fence. <laughs> Just something unique to my childhood. Yes, that's never happened in the history of sports ever. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's not going to be relatable because who would ever? <laughs> I mean, everyone else I know kept their ball on the right side of the fence. That's right. That's right. Everyone kept every ball they own. So this is going to really wow the people when they see this. It's going to be like Star Wars to them. <laughs> right. But that's your ball. How could you not have it? It went over the fence. What are you not seeing? Um, but isn't I that amazing? Have... Like that, what that inspired this guy. And he's like, well, fuck it. No one's done it before. I'm mm-hmm. going to do it. And he's I'm like, do it. here's a few million dollars for me now because I yeah. did it. This is the first, yeah, the first ball over fence movie. First ball over <laughs> fence movie. He. That is just the concept of home runs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) At a lower level. At a very nascent level of home runs. Um, One time my father sat on a chair. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's the pitch. He went in. Yeah. And that was the pitch. The amount of fence. Yeah. I mean. It was it was ni- it was probably nineteen ninety one. So, so you my father sat that. in a chair, and that's my father sat in a chair was the pitch for Citizen Kane. <laughs> so it's like that guy, this guy made a, a great movie based on that one little thing. So mm-hmm. don't you think you have something? I've always wanted for the last or not always for the last few years. So I was when Y two K happened. I was a freshman in high school, about to turn. 15 I my birthday is in January so it's right before my birthday I was 14 about 215 and Y2K was such an event for me uh it was it's like so indelible in my mind my my friends and I who were such little shitheads at the time um <laughs> we we got this old computer 
and we like watched it to see if it would crash and it didn't we like set a a thing to be running continuously and we were waiting for it to crash and it didn't and then my friends were like let's let's go throw it off the bridge by the cemetery <laughs> and i was like wait this is so stupid this is this the worst idea i've ever had but it's also hilarious yeah. i think uh they were like let's throw it off the bridge and i was like no that's littering but if we all write messages on it that can't be traced to our name right we don't sign our names then it's a time capsule <laughs> so God. we d then that's their excuse so we all wrote messages on this the shitty computer and then we threw it off a bridge that that said that doesn't have to be the thrust of it but i think a y2k high school Ooh, yes like rom-com like a super bad can't hardly wait type movie that takes place when everyone is convinced the world might end is like such a no-brainer all right and here's josh i'm gonna cut you off here write this down put it in an envelope and mail it to yourself <laughs> so you have proof of this right is I'm gonna mail this podcast to? to myself let's yeah we will just mail take a picture of the screen of the podcast Print it out on your printer. Make sure mm -hmm. in color. Don't cheap out on just yeah, yeah. black. Make it, it nice. Make it glossy. Make it nice. Mail glossy. it to yourself. Yeah, glossy. I mean, you know, there's some cardstock okay. glossy paper. I mean, I can okay. send it to you. Yeah. Um, I deserve it. Because this is, this is, that's ingenious. See, you just, you talked it through. Thank you. I want, I want you to, I know you're busy touring the country. Please check JoshGondelman.com slash schedule for all his upcoming dates. But when you're not performing, when you're not destroying across the Midwest. I know you're going out west soon. Write this. Let, let's let's just say he's hitting balls over fences. <laughs> People are not ready. They only have a context for it because of the Sandlot. Right, right. This comedy set, the only way to describe it is that thing that happened in the Sandlot. <laughs> oh, you mean when the ball went over the fence? Yes, I mean when the ball went over the fence. <laughs> Holy shit. I, the more I'm thinking about this, man. They should have just called it the ball went over the fence. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Chip, what about you? What a young Chip. Now, uh, Josh, I know Chip well enough to know. Chip was not what you say. He was a safe kid. He wasn't very advanced. He's a fun kid. But yeah. boy, did he make sure things were safe and safe. The, the I's were dotted. The T's were mm -hmm. crossed. And he yes. was right. Yes. I, I will say uh, one time, this is a little bit older uh, I was 32. No, I <laughs> uh, dressed we like in, a child. We were in <laughs> high school, and my one friend was moving to Florida against his will. Mm -hmm. His family was moving down to Florida, and he he really didn't want to. So we decided it would be hilarious and not at all illegal to one night steal the Century 21 sign off of his lawn because we didn't want them to sell his house. Oh, and so we had a Century 21 sign what are we going to do with it? You know, a sure. real estate sign. What are we going to do with it? So let's just drive it to the high school. And we, uh, we got a, a sledgehammer and just put it into the high school. So it looked when people went, went past, it looked like the high school was up for sale. And <laughs> that's funny. That's and good. Actually, that's you know, good. it's funny. I, years later, I taught at the same school district that I went to. And years later, I was telling that story to, to, to a couple teachers and one of the custodians. He's like, I remember that. I was the guy that had to pull that out of the uh, out of the. And he's like, it was hilarious. He's like, I thought it was the funniest thing ever. He's like, we actually got a bunch of calls. So I think maybe trying okay. to sell your school property might be a fun. That's really funny. Fun and just walk. through a weird, just happenstance thing, the high school gets sold. 
Yes. Right. Yeah. And the kids are like, oh no, we're going to be in so much trouble. So much trouble. Yeah. What do we do now? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I love it. We're going to wrap this up soon, but I have a question. Josh, you are currently on tour, Chip. You are going all over the East Coast. Hell yeah. I know touring can be a chore. It's a job. You guys, you do it. You're professionals. But what is the one or two most fun parts about being on the road? And Josh, I asked this just because I follow you on Twitter and I see every now and then you just talk about like a delicious cup of coffee in a town. And I'm just like, God damn, that's my favorite part. I do. I'm like too indulgent with like, ooh, this city, there's like a weird sandwich you can only get in this. Like I (laughs) I went to Pittsburgh. I went to Cleveland and Pittsburgh. And in Cleveland, my buddy Pants, um, uh, okay, Pants is like a great graphic designer, artist, uh, took me to this uh, coffee place was great. I think Rising Star Coffee. And then we went, he was like, this is the Jewish, the best Jewish deli in Cleveland. And the guy hooked me up. I got like a Whoopie, an oatmeal cookie whoopie pie which is a dessert i can normally take or leave and this one like homemade um incredible and then the next day i was in pittsburgh and i was like i'll get one of those silly sandwiches with french fries in it from yes. brothers or whatever and so like i that is i would say number two on the the list and i think number one is like the hang with the hangs with friends like chip and i have gone we went on the road a little bit and it's like mm-hmm the road trips and like the pre and post show, just like hanging out and, and bullshitting and kind of like, it is a job, right? The touring. Yeah. And so you take it, you take some time during the day to like listen back to sets or, or write into stuff that you've been working on or reorganize your set. But it's also like, because that's the job when you're not doing that, you get to kind of just have like, enjoy the, the hang, even if you're not like staying out super late and partying, it's like you're accountable to the travel and the shows, yep. but you're not, it's not like, oh, I need to get up at 7 a.m. and go to an office. You know what I yep. mean? So, like, you have a little bit more leeway to, like, oh, yeah, my friends are going out to this bar that they always go to to do karaoke after the Saturday night show. Why not? And, and I just, like, really – I'm, like, a my my wife jokingly describes me as, like, the ultimate extrovert. <laughs> that, <laughs> and then I'll just, like, yeah, right, we're hanging. And so I really love that. It's that and then the snacks. <laughs> oh, it's great. Nothing wrong with snacks, Josh. Yeah. Chip? Oh, oh sorry. I'm sorry. What were you no. going to say? I was going to say one more thing. I'm, I'm, I apologize for, for talking no. so much. No, no, no. Um, I love – this is what I want to hear about. I cause... have – this is the first tour that I've been on that I feel like I'm playing venues so far. Well, I, I did this little place in Bar Harbor, Maine, which I, Chip and I have talked about. Mm-hmm. And that was just like who's in town because it's such a small vacation-y town. Um but in Cleveland and Pittsburgh, and then I know in some of the cities coming up, people are there to see me, which is like, a, and it's not huge venues. You know, I sold out a 70 seat room in Cleveland and put 100 people or so, maybe 90 in a room in Pittsburgh. And it's not, the numbers aren't huge, but I'm so grateful to get to tour that way on even that scale of like, Oh, this is cool. Like I'm not I don't have to I don't have to persuade people with the first 10 minutes of my set that my show will be worth watching. Like I want it to be good, but I get the benefit of the doubt of like, "Ooh, we're we're excited to hear what this guy has to say rather than like, "Oh, we got free tickets and this better be good or else we wasted money on a babysitter." Have Ooh. you have you 
approach that differently? Have you done it enough times where you're like, I'm going to write differently or, or plan my set differently because, because uh, like, I, I'm not at that level of like doing that. Like sometimes it, I feel like my two album tapings, I was able to do that. Yes. It, yes, but yes, yes. You're also nervous about the album taping, but it's like, okay, I have 250 people who are here yes. to see me and I have the evening. It's mine. But other than that, it's like, when I go to a different town, it's like, I'm just proving myself. So I, I are think, you, are you approaching it differently then? I think a little bit where like, not, not a ton differently, but like the kind of stuff that I would think like, oh, maybe this is just like a Brooklyn bit or like, maybe this, maybe this is like, I don't know who's in the room in terms of like something being politically um, touchy or, or causing some friction. I'm like, oh, maybe I try these then in thinking that a critical mass of people is like, if not like-minded, open enough to my comedy that like they'll they'll hear it out. They'll you know, go on the journey I, with you. Yeah, I have yep. this joke, and it's probably like it's not even a mean joke the way it's currently written, but it's like I think it's an inflammatory topic where I talk about like how police are the only municipal employees that like expect us to buy their merch and like <laughs> rep them, and and I talk about like other you know like how like I think there are other crucial people that make our society run that like i would wear you know i would wear a, a shirt with a dent a dentist merch that says like uh respect the thin white line don't cross the floss and like just that <laughs> and it's just kind of about like i mean like it's gently about like the presumption of police departments that like where the, the public is always like it's in our best interest to like represent for them and shout them out and in a way that we don't do for like garbage collectors yep. or um notaries public etc and i i like had i was like a little tentative to try it on the road and then i did it didn't do it in cleveland i think i forgot and then i did it in <laughs> pittsburgh and was like oh i'm glad that i did this like i'm glad that that i'm trying this stuff that i'm like oh maybe this is like an album bit that i wouldn't do on you know i mean chip you know you know for sure right there's like bits that you're like Ooh, this doesn't play well in the suburbs this, or whatever. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I and I'm I feel so like I have you're... a little more leeway than I used to. And this is like really new to me and I'm I'm really grateful for it. And I um and I wanna I don't wanna sound like I'm self deprecating being like, Oh, I'm playing these little tiny wombs. But I am like, oh, this rules to me that instead of like getting booked you know, the last time I was in Cleveland, I I got paid more. I did like five shows over uh fourth of july weekend so it's like a tough weekend and they didn't really expect to draw but i was kind of like you know this time i'll do this one 70 seat show and all the and and it's five, seven years later maybe so like all the people that'll, that that want to see me will come to, to this one room and then it's like one great show and then maybe next time it's two great shows sure and like um and you know i i just i think that is like a real creative thrill to have and, and it's not every city in America, but it's like I'm going places on this tour that I'm really hyped and I, I feel like I'm really gonna give the people that come to see me the best show that I can rather than the show that I think will hit for the most people. Cause don't do you ever feel that way when you're doing a show where you're doing like survival bits and, oh, sure. and someone has come to see you and you're like, mm, I wish I didn't have to do this in front to of do you. This, but uh, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah, I have to do the heavy lift. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome, Josh. I'm very happy that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's great. Sorry to be so chatty about it. Just no, no, I, I, like I, I love, so I love, yeah. like inside baseball. You know what I'm saying? I yes. like to hear what you know. You guys are into chip. You you get away from Philly, right? Right. 
just you. Franklin's walking himself. Kim is. (laughs) Yes. She has friends over. She's She's living her life. Walking herself. Right. (laughs) I feel like I'm so boring because I'm not a late night party guy. Like I'm very much the opposite. So like I'll hang out sometimes. Like I was just up in Vermont. I'm Josh. I'm sure you've been to Vermont Comedy Club. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's great. It's such a great room. I was there with Todd Todd Glass this weekend. And it's just so that's just a hang. You're just going to have you're going to have a great time. Yeah. But I feel like I'm very boring. I definitely like the snacks. I definitely like, I like, it's so much fun to see people. And this is just a, like a little thing, like not even like crazy late night hangs, but it's like to go back to a club and be like, oh, yeah. it's it's Scott or it's Tammy mm-hmm. or it's who, it's like, oh, and we see each other again and we, we reconnect. That's always a lot of fun. I, I will say this, this is so boring. And this is, I, there is just something so comfortable, Josh, you know this. Yes. About when you're done the show and you go up to your hotel, like, especially if it's right in the hotel, sometimes the club's right yeah, in the hotel. which is, that, that's the way it is in Vermont. In Vermont, right. So just like, I'm done the show and then I just walk up to my hotel room and I get to just put on forensic files and just like close <laughs> the world out oh, for a while. Yeah. It's just the most, it's the most relaxing like time. You consider that like the reward for a it job is. well it, done? It, it, like it's that's the reward. Always- and there might yeah. be a snack involved. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm going to admit it as well. And it's just the most relaxing. I will say I like to I try to rise early. Uh, Jeff, you and I are runners. Yep. I always like to find a nice place to run if I can, yeah. like to work out. I feel like I've, I've accomplished something. And you get to see like I ran on Lake Champlain this this past Beautiful. week. Gorgeous. And I went when I was I was there in May and it was like starting to get nice out. And I I would I got a cup of coffee, iced coffee, and I went and sat like in those. There's like a little trail you walk or run by the lake and just yep. like enjoyed the vista and walked around there. And it was just so lovely to just like be in a different place and enjoy yes. it. Yes, you know what I did, Josh. This was great in Vermont this weekend. The, uh, one of the again, one of my like friends from the club, uh, John, said he's like, oh, you gotta go down. Pine Street, which is the cross street of where the club is. He goes, go, go like five blocks down, and there's a farmer's market there. There's an outdoor farmer's market. So I was like, perfect. So on Saturday morning at like 10 a.m., 11 a.m., I walk down, and I'm literally wearing like a, a, like a, you know, like a, 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 a flannel shirt, and I go to this farmer's market, and I have a hot chocolate, some apple cider donuts, and then there Uh-oh. were – not it's it's Vermont, Josh. So there was not one but two Himalayan cuisine restaurants represented there with momos, which are like these like dumplings, which are like the most amazing things in the world. And I, so I just had the momos, and then I just had the hot chocolate and the apple cider donuts, and I took them down right where you were, Josh, onto the lake, and just yeah. sat there for the most beautiful autumn morning in uh, in the world. It was great. You, you if they took a photo of you, you could be in that onion article, replace the photo <laughs> the king of autumn, right? Mr. Autumn, king of autumn, Mr. Autumn. Man. And that's ex- that's exactly how I felt it was ridiculous. And I will say one last thing. Uh, I love I, I haven't been on a plane since since covid started. Just Whoa. and it just cuz I and I don't travel as much, so like I yeah. just haven't. But I'm a driver. I do enjoy a nice drive. Yeah. So I love the drive to and from. As long as there's not traffic, I can drive for 12 hours. It doesn't bother. Mm-hmm. Me. Um so I drove up to Vermont uh, this this time and like on a and Todd was so nice about it. He got me the hotel room and got me the hotel room a night before. Got them oh, to get that's me. so nice. So, so I got to travel up on Wednesday, get there, and then I just had Wednesday to do nothing. That's uh, but, awesome. Um, I decided what I I like to do this too since I'm an early riser. I went to bed pretty early Saturday night after my shows, 
and then woke up at 5.20 the next morning, just got up and was out the door before 6 and just drove home and then saw the sun come up over Vermont oh, beautiful. with all of the – with the, all the all autumn leaves, and it was like the most relaxing That's drive beautiful. Yeah. Drive when I'm at home. So mm-hmm. I do like love – like I'm doing <clears> – <throat> this little festival transformer festival in uh it's called transformer fest in pittsfield mass this weekend and i'm like renting a car driving it's like three three and a half hours up there which is like such a nice treat of a drive you, you get know, a couple of podcasts wanna... in. Yeah, yeah listen to a podcast someone's like, gonna be peeping some leaves peep some leaves right. have some thoughts some leaves. <laughs> going yep. to going to Merritt parkway enjoy some of that foliage you Fun. know it yeah yeah uh, that's awesome guys yeah i love hearing stories about that because you know like I said, I know it's a job. I know it's a chore. And you hear a lot of people like, oh, I always harken back to a Sal Volcano. He would post every new place they went to when he was touring. He would just take a picture outside of his hotel and it would be the worst view ever. Oh, it would just yeah. be a dumpster or uh-huh. the top of like an air conditioning unit looking over another dumpster. And he'd be like, hello, Milwaukee. Hello. <laughs> and it was it was the greatest bit. And I'm always like, yeah, that's not great, but what's the good part of it? It is. I mean, I also, fortunately, and I think Chip is the same way, I don't tour hard enough for long enough or frequently that, enough that I come to, like, there are parts that, you know, I don't love, like, oh, this, I, you know, I had a 9 o'clock, 9 p.m. show, got to sleep after 12, woke up at 5 to get to the airport in Pittsburgh, yeah. and, like, that 5 a.m. wake up after a, you know, midnight getting to bed isn't ideal for me. Uh, it, w- it wasn't even that I was partying hard. I was just like, oh, I got like four hours of sleep. And, um, but I do it in a way that like, I'm on the road because I like being on the road and I like doing the shows and like hanging out with comics and seeing yeah. friends in other cities. And it's like, I'm, it's, you know, it's a job, but it's also like a real thrill to get to do. It's the thing like we got into comedy to do. Yeah. Yeah. A great book. I, you guys probably both read Todd Barry's last one. Love it. Welcome it, to Hattiesburg. Or thank work, you for coming to Hattiesburg. Yeah, it's all the main crux of the book is just what he does during the day before his shows. Doogie Horner's in it, Chip, and he one yep. of the funniest Doogie stories about getting dinner. locked out of his house. Oh, getting yes. Locked, yes. Oh God. It. But the the just the kind of like I embrace that kind of mundane nature of the mm-hmm. everyday that mm-hmm. people do that bring them that little bit of joy, and Todd. Todd, you know, of course, he's not like, I'm joyful about this. He is nitpicking coffee. Yep. He is nitpicking, but in, you know, obviously his hilarious way, but it's such a fun read if it's you're great. into any of that. There, Jeff, there's something beautiful about a hotel lobby at two in the afternoon oh. when when no one's there. That lobby in Vermont, Josh, it's gigantic. Really nice. It's really nice. It's big. There's n- never anybody in there. And it's just, it's just your, it's my uh, fortress of solitude. It's a beautiful thing. Wow. Yeah. Josh, we ask everybody at the end of every episode, you are talking to a millennial and they're like, Hey, Josh, what's cracking fam. And you're like, Hey, how are you? And they're like, yo, man, I need to watch a movie. Tell me something that's like fly or what chip. What's like a word that like a millennial would use? Like, tell me something Um, that's like uh, a dope dope. Yeah. Right. And then you would say the Sandlot, how would you sell them the Sandlot in one or two sentences? Oh, great question. I would say it's a sweet movie that that is really innocent and lovely, but I also think it 
it the soundtrack is great it's well directed and well acted for a children's movie and it's like funnier and a little weirder than it has to be so it's like a very clever whimsical version of like a nostalgic childhood movie perfect friends you follow josh gondelman at josh gondelman g-o-n-d-e-l-m-a-n on twitter or go to joshgondelman.com to get his latest dates chip same thing follow chip chantry at twitter or instagram Mm -hmm. you'll find all the dates latest and greatest thank you so much guys that was a lot of fun thank Thank you for having me this was a pleasure yeah Yeah. thank you josh so much it was it was a blast all right guys hope you guys hit a ball over a fence soon (laughs) (laughs) i'll see you guys later